Pastor Louis, in your new book for preteens, Goliath Must Fall for Young Readers, you explain the biblical face-off between the giant Goliath and the young David, who would later become king. And then you talk about the different kinds of giants that kids might be facing in their own lives today. What are some of these giants? Well, I think the major ones that all of us face, it's not just kids, it's their moms and dads uh, and their pastors also. Um, the ones that we kind of highlight in the book in are fear, rejection, anger, addiction, and comfort. And we chose five giants because they're five stones in the story of David and, July, and Goliath. Uh, there are probably actually a few more giants we all face, but those are in our lives, and they're in, in the lives of mom and dad, and they're in the lives of their teens as well. You said comfort. Yeah, comfort is a sneaky giant. You know, when you look at that story of David and Goliath, the brothers, David's brothers, he was bringing them what? He was bringing them food, supplies. So for 40 days, they've been on the hillside, but they're around the campfire. They've got a tent to sleep in. They've got a little brother who's keeping the supply line going. So why do they want to risk that to go stand in front of this giant for God's glory? And I think sometimes it's not the, the bad things necessarily, the obviously evil things in our lives that keep us from being everything God wants us to be. It's the good things that allow us to have that false layer of security and comfort. And sometimes comfort is the enemy. It's the giant that uh, keeps us from stepping out. And we talk in the book about how this person had a pet uh, tiger, and it was cuddly and cute when it was a baby, but eventually it grew up and became something quite dangerous. And I think that's true of a lot of us. We just allow things in our lives that aren't necessarily bad on the front end, but on the back end, they keep us from activating into the things that God wants us to be about in our lives, which could, in fact, cost us a lot in the end. I know that a lot of parents have concern about social media, uh, people being bullied and uh, marginalized and so forth. How, How do parents and kids deal with that? Well, our identity obviously is shaped every single day negatively and positively by a a myriad of voices. Um, Our parents, people around us, family, friends, neighbors, obviously classmates, people on social media, they're telling us who we are and who we're not. And I think the way that you, you stand up against this giant is by listening to the right voice. And even going back to the story, you know, Saul looked right at David and said, you can't do this. <laughs> you're too small. Uh, you're not able. You, you need to wear this big bulky armor. And fortunately, David knew who he was. And he knew that he had a connection with God that was special. He knew that he was called by God in a unique way, and he had access to the power of God. And so he was listening to the right voice, even when his brothers were telling him he was jealous and Saul was telling him he was too small. He knew that it was more about who God said he was than about who somebody else was saying he was. So we've got to help kids get in touch with the Word of God and get that in their minds and in their hearts so that they know who God says they are, what God says they have, and what God says they can do. So once again, for parents, maybe they feel kind of incapable. I mean, they may have been teaching their children at home with school closed, and now you know, you're, you're trying to teach them about maybe David and, and Goliath and what Jesus says. And, you know, what, what if a parent feels like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do this. What, what do you say to them? 
Well, I think that's a fantastic question. And I think a lot of times as people in, in leadership, as parents, teachers, we kind of get stuck in this mentality. If I don't know this fully 100% for my own life, I'm not in any position to pass it on to somebody else. But I think most kids already know their parents are in process. <laughs> they're watching them every day. And they know they're not perfect, and they know they don't have all the answers. Um, and so I think for a parent to say, hey, um, I don't have this all figured out, but I'm leaning towards God's Word, and I'm leaning towards His truth, and I'm leaning towards Jesus to be the, the David in my story of David and Goliath, and I want to encourage you to join me in that process. And I think a kid would rather have a parent that says, I'm not 100% there yet, but this is the direction I'm moving and I want you to come with me, than to have a parent that either acts like, A, they don't have a giant, when the kid is obviously aware of the fact that they do, or a parent that says, hey, you got to figure it out on your own because I haven't figured it out yet. I think it's okay um, to be in charge and even while you're in charge, to still be able to say occasionally, hey, I don't have this all figured out yet. I don't think that needs to be your story every single day about every single question. But on the big things in life, kids already know that. So invite them into the process. Let them know that God's teaching you. Show them what he's teaching you. And let them see your progress. And when you slip and go backwards, be honest about it. And let them see you get back up again and take another step toward Jesus. And I think that's going to be the, the roadmap for them for the rest of their life if they can see that in a parent. When it comes to what children are exposed to um, on TV and online, how, as a parent, once again, do you kind of monitor without seeming like you're trying to control everything? Is there a, like a fine line? There are fine lines all, all over the place, and I think, you know, with the intake that's going into our minds through social media, television, video games, there are a lot of fine lines. But the, the best thing I think a parent can do is just to keep the conversation going, and to do that, I think the parent just has to stay healthy. And this has been such a difficult year to be a mom or a dad when you're working from home, you've got a homeschool going on on the dining room table. You're afraid your job maybe is up in the air. Uh, you've lost a friend to COVID, and then you've got, you know, these kids that are asking you questions. And sometimes it's so easy when we're not healthy, when the parents aren't healthy, just to say to the kids, hey, go to your room and play video games, and I don't even care what you're playing because I don't have time to even be concerned about that right now. So to the parents, I would just keep saying, man, we've got to be healthy. We've got to prioritize our own spiritual and mental and physical health so that then we can say to a kid who's watching a TV show, hey, tell me about that show. What did you think about that character? And I think whenever we draw a line and say, hey, you can never watch that again. I don't approve of that. We're not having that in our house. Sometimes you need to do that as a parent. Put your foot down, obviously. But a better approach is to say, what did you think about that character? How did you feel about when that person said that? Um, how did that make you feel? How do you think God feels about that? And it, pro it gets the process going in the child's mind. And obviously, a parent's got to make the ultimate decision. We're not watching that in our house. But giving the kid the opportunity to know why we're not watching it at our house is going to be the thing that helps them make a better decision 10 years down the road. 
um, 15 years down the road in their life. Once again, with uh, the pandemic, uh, a lot of families, of course, depending where you live, uh, have been kind of sheltering in place at home and maybe darting out to the grocery store or getting gas and not putting much mileage on the car because you're working from home and so forth. But there have been reports that tensions at home between husband and wife and kids, because you're kind of all compressed together like you normally aren't, that the tensions have been rising. How can families kind of defuse this so they're not, you know, at each other's throats or something like that? (laughs) Man, you know, if we could come up with a really great answer to that and write it in a book, that book would be the best-selling book of all time. It's been a hard time, and alcoholism is on the rise. Divorce rate is at at a peak. Um, early in the pandemic, I had heard, I don't know if it's fact or not, but I had heard that one of the top Google searches was how to get divorced during COVID. And I think all of this is just exposure, right? When we can hide in our workout routine and I can stay at work a couple hours late or go out after work with a friend and then kind of get home late, I don't have to deal with my issues and I don't have to deal with family issues, but now COVID's put us all under the microscope and we have to take stock. So what what should we do now? I think, A, we should take stock. And so if there is a big tension point, we have to say what is underneath this tension point because it's been here before COVID. Um, we just were able to mask it before then. So we have to uncover it and let God speak into it. And as a family, be committed to letting God step into this place. I think, secondly, it's just creative planning, and I've seen families do this, you know, and where I'm sitting right now, um, kids are going to soccer games, and some kids are going to school, so people are kind of coming out of the bubble, but back when there was a bigger bubble here where I am, just seeing the creativity of a family saying, we've got to get fresh air today, and we can't do A, B, C, and D, so let's come up with something we can do, and to see parents uh, coming up with creative ideas to get the kind of space, rhythm, and fresh air that people need. And I think every family can do that. Every family can find a way to go on a nature walk COVID-free and to get both exercise, to get out of the house, to get the blood circulating, get the lungs pumping. And doctors tell us that a lot of this is spiritual, but a lot of it is simple. And uh, take a family on a on a nature walk, get everybody's blood pumping, get everybody's heart beating fast, get everybody's lungs pumping some fresh air. It's a game changer. So I would say two things. Find out what that tension point is and address it. But secondly, look for creative ways that you can get outside the four walls. And I think a change of scenery will do uh, a lot of good. Your book has gotten some very strong recommendations from people like uh, Sadie Robertson, Lecrae, Christine Kane. Uh, Sadie referred to a giant in her life, which was fear. If I could ask, have you ever experienced a giant or two in, in your own life? Well, I talk about them in the book. You know, this book originally was for, you know, adults. Same book, Goliath Must Fall, some messages I preached here And I have struggled big time with a lot of giants, in fact, with every giant in this book, but definitely struggled with fear, anxiety. Uh, Ten years ago, fell into a massive hole of depression, wasn't sure I was ever coming out again. 
And I talk about that in the book and I'm try to be transparent about some of my own struggles. And Sadie and I actually have had a lot of the same battles and seeing God come through in many of the same ways. And so the book isn't sort of prescriptive. Hey, here's the pastor's take on real people's struggles. The, the book is about the pastor saying, I'm a real person too. And I've had some struggles in my life. And I think once you have been hit as hard by depression as I was, and I had something something akin to a nervous breakdown, uh, it, it's not something that you just put in the rearview mirror and never think about again. It's still in my story and uh, maybe not five feet in front of me today, but I guarantee it's 505 feet over my left shoulder. It's just, thank God he brought me through. And I do have a lot more tools at my disposal to know how to respond to those feelings of being overwhelmed and being anxious and panic and all those kinds of things that creep in. And I try to help people from a practical, I've been there point of view. And I'm trying to speak to these young readers from that same point of view. I'm not a superhero, but I know one. And he's the one that took Goliath down. All right. Pastor Louie, I really appreciate your sharing your, your heart with us. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much for having me, Richard. It's always a pleasure to be on with you.